supposed to be the franchise player, and we ain't here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. What's up, what's up, what's up? You're listening to Everybody Has an Opinion. It's your boy Chris in the building. Also, right across from me, my man Brandon, what's up? What's going on, what's going on? And via telephone, we have our brother, Jason. What it do, Jason? Good. <laughs> you can't give us the sexy voice. You on the phone, man. You gotta be loud. You better be screaming on that thing. <laughs> Listen, man. Um, I'm excited to be here. As you know, it it's been a very, very interesting week in sports. Some trades, some crazy things going on with the NBA. I mean, even even Papa John's out here acting crazy about sports. It's just been a lot. There's a lot for us to discuss. But before we jump into the particulars, let's talk a little bit about. What this show's about. Everybody has an opinion, guys. Just like the name says, everybody has one. You got one. I got one. We all have one. So guess what? We created this show. It's a real sports show brought to you by real everyday people. And we encourage you to be a part of it. Be a part of the movement. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Join the conversation. I'm sure every now and then we're going to say something that you disagree with or you do agree with. Regardless of how you feel about our opinions, we really want to know what yours is. Uh, so, Brandon, what, what's up? Like, what, what are we what are we about to jump into? I mean... I don't know where you guys want to go. You want to talk in NFL, NBA. You want to talk about my favorite pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite. That's your favorite. Pizza. Absolutely. I Man. mean, in terms of like chain stores, like I hate Little Caesars unless I'm broke. Uh huh. Okay. Pizza Hut tastes like pizza cafe- cafeteria pizza. They changed. They changed. They changed. And Domino's just got better. Do you understand that both Pizza Hut and Domino's have changed their ingredients and increased? I haven't tasted Pizza Hut in yeah, so long because quality. I've been traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Given the fact that I feel like it, it tastes like, you know, what I used to eat in 98 in the cafeteria. And Papa John's is the only one that stayed the same. But go ahead. But go ahead. Jason, uh, Jason. chime in. Go ahead. Let's, what, nah, what are your particular nah, well, tastes in terms of cheese, bread, and tomato sauce? You know what's funny? I actually do like Pizza Hut, though. What? Pizza Hut. They, yo, when they started doing the little flavored crust thing. They pizza got so much better. They elevated the I game, mean, bro. They really did. They, they did. Game changers, I mean, Papa bro. John's. Papa John's is a close second to me. A close second Domino's, to Pizza Hut. Papa John's has been the same forever. They haven't improved their game. Whereas Domino's and Pizza Hut, they decided to. You know, they're more millennial. You feel me? They they, they moved up in this world. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. So they feel like they don't have to work for anything. I mean, it's <laughs> they're more millennial. I don't know. I guess, you know, because now I only eat Blaze, by the way, because, you know, I'm not doing cheese, but yeah, we don't I mean, have to get into right. that. Oh, yeah. but I mean, I thought we were, I thought we were talking, you know, chain restaurants or chain. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Is really a chain. I got and you. I forgot you a vegan. Which and, for, and for those that are listening to this show <laughs> that are wondering why we so focused on pizza, we might as well just jump right into it. Let's go to that topic you know, first. The, you know, the, uh, y- y- y'all know Papa John's. Y'all, you guys are familiar with it. Well, Pop- Papa John himself is blaming the NFL for the downward, you know, for, for his decline in sales this year, stating that the mismanagement of the NFL protests and the lack of leadership from, you know, Roger Goodell and such and so, so on and so forth, this is causing him to sell less pizza because of the partnership that they have. If you don't know anything about that, you know, Papa John's like the almost like the official 
pizza. It's like for out of the 32 teams, they got like 20, they had a contract with like 23 of them. That's why you always see the Papa John's commercials. That's why you're always seeing that. And I, I didn't really know this, but now, now that this is coming to light and basically it, it's interesting because in a way it's like, it's like it would be it would be so much more easier for us to to come to to grips with this if we didn't already understand why people were protesting. It's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like if fixing social injustice was as easy as just putting more toppings on the pizza, <laughs> you know, it would be great. And, Absolutely. And, and we'd be in a better world. But it's not that simple. So how could you say the protests are the problem? When the reason we're protesting is still an issue, if there was less of that, then you'd be selling more pizza because we wouldn't be out there protesting. So it's kind of like, you know, give and take. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. But what if it's something as simple as, you know, people just don't want to do pizza anymore. They want to do something different. Right. No, you're, no. you're one million percent right about that. Or well, maybe, or uh, maybe pizza really stepped their game up. I'm like trying to tell said. you, maybe Papa John's is just some trash pizza. Well, I mean, I mean, I, listen, listen. I'm trying to tell you, Papa. Listen, you know what? You want to know why Papa John's isn't the realest? Because you can't really eat Papa John's later. Like once you like, once it's cold and it's a wrap. It's listen, Pizza Hut. And Domino's got Papa John's beat on the cold pizza game, on the reheated pizza vibe. I feel like once Papa John's is done, it's like the scariest thing to eat later. Really? That's how I, I look at it. You I mean, it. I think it's Little Caesars on that tip. Like, okay, well, now listen, I haven't had Little Caesars in the mint. Like, Little Caesars is the pizza you That just means you ain't been broken in a no, long time. Little man. Caesars. <laughs> little Caesars. That is boy ain't had a $5 hot and ready in a while. Listen, listen, listen. listen. <laughs> That's all right. Little Caesars is the pizza you get when you want to go to school or you want to, you want to, you know, show out for your friends or whatever. You go get a bunch of Little Caesars. That's what, that's what, that's the pizza you get. That's the, you know, that's the party pizza. That's the, you know, I just need something quick pizza. Whereas, like, if you're really trying to eat a pizza, I don't know, man. It used to be Papa John's back in, like, 2000, but it doesn't change, wow. man. It doesn't change. You know, you know what's, what's interesting, though? I love cold pizza. Like, to me, reheated pizza does not taste good. It tastes like rubber. So I love I love eating pizza straight out the fridge. Dang. Cold, everything. Just, bomb, just go at it. You're like an alien. Man, yo, there's something about about when you warm up pizza in the microwave, it just doesn't do it for me. You know, that was actually the first name of First Take. Yeah, no, I, I remember. Oh, yeah. With, no, trust with me. Jay Crawford and, I, listen, and Dana Jacobson. And, I remember. I remember. Tell me, man. So, so what's up with what's up with Papa John? So I didn't know he thought this way. You know, he's talking about shareholders. He's talking about the mismanagement of this. He's talking about the rating slump and how it's affecting his bottom line, so on and so forth. I just kind of feel like, you know, you really about to blame the protest because you ain't selling pizza, bro. Like, you know, fix your strategy up. You know, fix your fix your your pizza selling game up. Like, I mean, you've been having the same type of commercials <laughs> since I was a kid. It's always hey, Peyton, it's always Peyton does his thing with him though. He does the he does do his thing. With I, him. I like Peyton on them commercials. Nah, but is it even that? Like, it's always it's always them in the kitchen, and it's like you know you know you know Domino's tearing up shit. You seen the new commercials? Yes, like, <laughs> yes, yeah. You just gotta. You're not you're not competing with. The other pizza chains, you're just not like they got you. Their commercials are better, their advertising's better, they're more innovative. Like, why are you blaming black people who are, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with their own oppression and, and protesting peacefully, peacefully protesting? 
Well, let's look at it like this. It might be a case of birds of a feather flock together. Amen. Okay, so I'm saying that to say this. The NFL really hasn't changed up its marketing strategy in a very long time as well. And so we blame the protests. Okay. We, 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 we blame so many other things. But what about the fact that now people are saying that, you know, it may be better to watch the game at home rather than to go to a game? Right. Or there may be some other components in football that may be the reason why they're not watching. So my point is the fact that the NFL has now got complacent with being the big dog and just saying, well, we really don't have to compete with MLB or the NFL. We'll just do what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I think Papa John's has, has fallen into that trap. Well, we don't necessarily have to compete. We're at the top. We've been the thought leader. We've been the person in this space that's been dominating. So let's just do what we've been doing. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So, I mean... Don't blame Cap. I'm just saying, you know, I thought it was kind of, and when, like I said, we're not going to stay on this issue too long, but it's just funny because, you know, it's gotten to a point where it seems like everything is, is you know, because of the NFL protests. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, when you had, you know, a few weeks ago we had Trump in Alabama, you know, now we have, you know, situations like where, where Jamel Hill is standing up for something and then she's getting, you know, the NFL protests have affected so many things beyond the NFL. But that's what always happens. Absolutely. And and when when I'm hearing now Papa John's talking about this. Minorities always get blamed for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm just blown away. I mean, come on, dog. Like, think about what we're talking about right now. Immigrants, feminists. My dog said he can't sell pizza because black people taking a knee, bro. Bro, but hear what I'm trying to tell you, That's deeper than rap. What I'm trying to tell you, (laughs) feminists, immigrants, black folks, Jews, we get blamed for everything wrong in the country. We're taking jobs away. Well, what making the country, you know, not what it used to be or what it's supposed to be. So, I mean, it's just, the, you know, speaking of the, the same, pro- stra- spe- same Speaking strategy. of the protests, though, speaking of the protests, this week um, we had a very interesting statement that was made. Was it, No, sorry, last week we had a very interesting statement that was made by the Texans owner. And the statement was along the lines of the inmates are running the well, we can't the prison. The in, yeah, we can't let the he inmates. He didn't say asylum, run, yeah, so I didn't really exactly. feel like that was the proper. Yeah, we can't let the a, inmates run the prison, and and that was um and people say well it was a figure of speech. No, that's not the figure of speech. The figure of speech is the inmates running the asylum. Right. Correct. So, so he flipped it in terms of what he thought in his head. Him being the warden. Yeah, it was a Freudian slip, and yeah, people yeah. people trying to front like it's not, but it is. And in in retaliation again, um, the Texans, I think it was like what out of like the sixty man roster, like only like ten people didn't take a knee or something like that. Yeah, I think it was only only a, ten people didn't take a knee. Like it was like everyone else did. Yeah, and you, and you got to think so that had to include some some whites and some Hispanics yeah, as well. Of course it did. It was a lot of people, and they were obviously it was in protest in regards to what the owner said. But, but see, that's the thing I don't really I don't like. like. I don't even talk. I don't. About I don't that. like the 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 co-opting. Like that's been happening <laughs> the, to us. The morphing, so long. <laughs> the morphing of the of the protests. Yeah. <laughs> so now every time something goes wrong, take a knee. That was not what the knee was about to begin with. No. But it's but but you and, know and that's the bad part. The the whole the whole protest is lost in translation now because they're spinning it however they want to spin it. When I mean I say they, I mean like 45 and his people that all support him, they, they just want to spin it. They just want to make their own fake news, and it's just, it's not what it stands for. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's gotten a lot of weird, like, I remember when, um you know, we, we there was the protest against 45, there was this one. I mean, it just, it's, it's kind of like, dog, like, we know what this is about. 
you know, keep it moving. But then again, with that being said also, with that being said also, um, I think there's that situation with with Cap, I think. Cap is going to be um, – they're saying that he might be on a team soon. You don't believe it? I, be- I believe it when I see it. At the end of the day, if his agent said it, I, w- I might have given a little, it a little more credence, but it's because it's his, you know, his lawyer – you know, trying. You know, he's throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. That's what lawyers do. So, right, because I mean, I know that they invited him for the the talks that are. But that got up. canceled. Oh, got canceled already. So the, the so the first one happened, and they said he got invited, which he actually did not get invited. If you look into the story, then the second one was a big story that he was actually going to be at that one, and that one got canceled. Ah, go figure. <laughs> the one he was actually going to show up to. <laughs> so they got busy, man. It's life. I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> I just think, you know, I just think it's been a very interesting last couple of months with this. What's, what's the most interesting thing about this, though, is despite all the protests, you know, the, the, however many seconds that the protests last in regards to the entire, you know, scope of the entire game, of course, but it, it's been a very interesting season. So it's like, you know, we, a lot of attention has been put onto this, but in terms of the actual season, it's been a lot of unexpected things have been happening. Crazy enough, I thought Houston was going to struggle. And I did that with, you know, you know, I do DraftKings or whatever. And it was one of those situations where I thought DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to do much. I thought Deshaun, because DeAndre Hopkins was one of the guys that actually walked out, which yeah. was the biggest statement made yeah. in his whole protest Era, you know what I'm saying? So I thought that it was really going to be a situation where they're going to be really distracted or, or feeling a particular way. And they really were not involved in an environment. I thought that that wasn't going to be possible because you bring a rookie quarterback into a place that since 2000 and I want to say 12, since Russell Wilson has been in the league, they're 41 and six. Mm-hmm. You have arguably the greatest secondary in the history of man. And mm-hmm. he goes in there and throws four touchdowns and 402 yards. Yeah. I really didn't think they lost, it was gonna be. Though. They lost. You know, Russell Wilson pulled out some magic at the end, yeah. but to have a rookie quarterback throw for four hundred and two yards nah, and four touchdowns, I was yeah. completely yeah. thrown off by that. Against, Will, against Seattle too. Yes, that that's my whole point. Like yeah, I, I know. That that so 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 I mean I to 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 Chris's point about the the unpredictability of this season and the, the weird things happening. One thing has to be said that even though these protests are going on, people are still doing their job. They balling. Exact. Thank you. And you want to know what's the biggest thing about this particular season? If if we if we must like really break it down, there's just a lot of parody. There's more parody now right. than I've seen in a long time. I'm looking at these records. There's like six or seven, five and two teams. You yeah. know, like. You know, there's a there's a couple six and two teams. You know what I'm saying? Obviously seven and one. <clears throat> yeah, throw that out for you, Jason. <laughs> fly but, Eagles fly. But still though, man, but even but then even when you look at some of the five and three teams, it's like Carolina ain't no punk team. No, nah, they're not. I mean, you know, I think they have some work to do, but they're decent. They can beat some people. They could. You know what I'm On saying? any given night, it, you, you put Cam in a situation and, and he shows out you in trouble. The Bills can beat some people. And that's and that's odd. That's what I'm saying. This like, isn't the Jim Kelly era. No, like they're five and two, bro, and and it's like a strong five and two. I I, I can go for that. The <laughs> Patriots look 
you know, Patriots look like a, a really weird six and two team. Correct. They don't look like the the old Patriots that would be six and two. They just look like a team that's winning off legacy right now to me for some reason. Like, yeah, but they still got twenty two touchdowns, man. They still yeah, putting the ball in the top. So, the so what do we? So what do we? At the end of the day, how do we actually feel about? Because um, one of the people that I, I, shout out to you, Dina, for listening. Um, she says that Papa John's is this super conservative dude. Um, so how do we feel? Do we think it's a political thing that he's saying this, or or is this a real thing? Is is this really happening to him, or is he trying to politicize this issue just like everybody tries to politicize everything? Like when you I, disagree I think, with something, you, it, it it no longer becomes about humanity because that's what police brutality is. That shouldn't be a political issue. If we're talking about police brutality, that should just be the mere fact that a policeman or a police officer has abused his power. And the humanity, and you should say, well, God damn, whether that person was black, green, pink, or blue, that's messed up. But now it's become a political issue. So I guess my question is, is that is that the um, the card he's trying to play right now? The political me, card or, or actual business true. card? Let me, let me ask this real quick, though. You figure this has been going on since last year. Yeah. It's everyone is now only complaining because forty five has made the comments he made and that's why it's gone the way it's gone all of a sudden. So if your stock and if your shareholders were okay last year, then the only person you could blame for what's happened now is the person that you supported. Hmm. And that's that's what it is. Cause He's the reason for everything that's going on. Because if he just would have stuck to doing what he needs to be doing and not worried about other things, worrying about the NFL when when you're sitting here fighting with North Korea, like you're worrying about the wrong things. And if he's not worried about the wrong things, nobody would be having this conversation now about losing share, uh, losing money, or or ratings and stuff like that it, it wouldn't even be this big a picture and it's turned into something more than what the original protest was all about so but, you know yeah, what? it's his fault he, he, he only has himself to blame for it so so basically what you're saying is and i think kenny Steele's kind of mentioned this that what happened to the movement what happened to the protest and you're saying that trump pretty much revitalize it, added fuel to the fire when he came out and brought everybody together and, and really brought the protest back to where it was to, to give it more momentum and to start it back up. Is, is that kind of the point you're making and saying, but because that happened, maybe that's the reason why you're losing sales. Exactly. Because it wasn't people. It wasn't that, as strong. People that are familiar with the situation understand that understood what was going on. But think about how many people now are are more aware of the situation because of the comments that have been made. By and Trump or by Cap? By Trump. Mm-hmm. Because Cap hasn't said anything. So it, it's the comments that were made by him, by 45, and that's what's drawn the interest of more people and the awareness of more people to find out what's going on and... And now you have people that are like, oh, well, it's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. But you weren't screaming this 
last year when this was going on and when when people of color were getting beat like why why chime in now because your president has now decided to make a comment i think at the end of the day like the point i made before you can always find a scapegoat in the minority when you're the majority you can always say it's their fault you and and that's what you do with, with any group that's been marginalized like i said it could be jews it could be blacks it could be women it could be muslims it could be gays that's what you do to make yourself feel better and then to get to galvanize those that believe stuff like that. It's it's very simple. I think that um when we re- if we're being honest, I think that there's a possibility that the negative coverage and the way things have been with people boycotting on both sides um would affect his bottom line to some degree because of the partnership. Nobody's giving the other side any credit. Like those yeah. that aren't watching because of cap, that yeah. never I brought yeah. that up on Facebook. That never gets brought up. Yeah, they're making it seem like no, it's not that. It's there's definitely a, a strong percentage of people that bought pizzas that <laughs> don't that aren't watching right now. But um I think it's not just that though. I really do think and I think right now I think what he's doing right now is only gonna make it worse. I think what he's doing now is by utilizing that particular scapegoat, it's kind of making it where it's like, let's say back, football season's over, and you just you just the type of person that would normally get Papa John's. Now you like, yo, I ain't fucking with this guy. Like, you ain't call you ain't calling Papa John's no more. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he showing his ass, and it's like for me, I'm looking at it like, I didn't know he even thought this way. You know. Now I know, and I'm like, yeah, oh, some people like, already do. No. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, like that's kind of weird. You know. You don't see that the protests are happening for a reason. Like you mad at that? You mad that it's affecting your money? But what about the lives that this is? The, you know that that are nobody being cares, Chris. And, and that's and that, like, you know, <laughs> nobody we, cares about. It that. seems like people are gonna make them care. But you know the crazy thing about this, I think um, all of this is the perfect storm. Do you think the same coverage would be happening if, let's say, for instance, Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton or even Barack Obama was still in office? I think. Because they're polar opposites in the fact that people that are feel depressed are, you know, speaking out and they do have a platform somewhat now because someone, you know, famous is, is speaking out a, a sports figure. Yeah. I think that it's it's the perfect storm. Like even when Trump was elected, I felt like that might have been the best thing for black people in particular in minorities at large. Because he was going to make people do exactly what the NFL players did when he said something. Unite. He he, you force that when you have a common enemy. When you think Barack Obama's your friend, you think you've made it. Yeah. When you think Hillary Clinton's your friend, you think you've made it. But when you you see clear and present danger, you start to say now to your brother that you've been fighting in the streets with the blood or the crip, hey, bro, I think we have a bigger issue to deal with. I think it might not be time to try to figure out if, if blue and red can come together now. At some point. Yeah. And I mean that in more ways than one. You know, it's another thing, too. I think sometimes when you start to hear certain things like like this, I think it's, you know, when the CEO or or a founder says statements like this, it's almost like an insult to our intelligence as well. Because when it comes down to John Schat- Schneider or whatever, you, however you say, I think it's Schneider is how you pronounce it. Um, you know, we know that he donated to the Trump campaign. You know, we know that. In the past, he cut workers' hours so that he could avoid, you know, paying for their health insurance. Right. Remember, remember when he made that big statement about how he was going to raise the pizza price so that he could 
keep the shareholders happy because of you know all of the fifteen fifteen you know he was against the the whole increasing the the minimum wage. Oh, and, so and we should have seen the, you know the conservatism you know coming yeah, out of him a know, long time ago. All that stuff. Meanwhile, you you kind of you threw a curveball at, at Buddy, but the little Caesars founder is kind of dope. I don't know if you know anything about. I mean, he's he passed away, but I don't know if you know anything about him. He basically he quietly paid Rosa Parks' rent for years until she was pa- until she passed away. Well, he ain't passed away, but until she passed away. Nah. Yeah, not only that, he ran a charity for homeless that was recognized by Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. And he received the Secretary's Award for his philanthropic work with veterans. So can you understand that, like, maybe the reason the pizza is so cheap isn't because it's bad, but it's because the person who runs that company believes in you know, the less fortunate. Being fair yeah. and equitable. Yeah, for the less fortunate. Hmm. So I don't know, man. I'm just looking at it like this. You know, when I'm when I'm paying attention to this particular situation, I know we spent a whole lot of time talking about pizza, but it really it's bigger than that. It's just the fact that it seems like when it comes to the sports and when it keep when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to what we're what's happening, it just seems like, you know, it's affecting every facet of life. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Colin Kaepernick. You know, and at the end of the day, <laughs> This oh, is. No. Let me, go ahead, let me chime in, real, chime in. Let me ask this real quick. His comment that he just made, does it now make a difference with people? Are people now going to be more willing to say, you know what? I no longer want Papa John's now and hurt his even more now because he's come out and made that comment? I know the woke community ain't going to buy no Papa John's anytime soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're going to have your your tiers of individuals, some that may say they're not going to eat it and end up up eating it. Then you have those that are not going to eat it. And then you just have those that don't care. So I I think you'll, you'll have a little bit of that. Just like you do with the NFL right now. You you know, you have people that say they're not going to watch, but they watch. Then you have people not watching. You have people watching less, caring less, you know? So I think there, there are levels as Meek Mill would say, there are levels to this ish. So, that's all I have to say about that. But I was going to say, and I think this is the most important question, and my answer to it is simply, yes, but we need more. Do we think this is going in the right direction? From when Colin first did this, from his first interview to explaining why he did it, do we think this is going in the right direction? Chris? Boy, uh, I mean, I know this is everybody has an opinion, so I'm – I'm a little worried about the direction of where this is going simply because, you know, we've let the deflection and the distraction take center stage. Okay. Because there has been some crazy things that have been happening. Like, you know, why is it that I got to go digging to find out that a former New Jersey police chief is, you know, relegating black people to ISIS? And that yeah, and saying firing squads want to create a fire. Why, yeah. why is that not front page? That used to be that used to be upfront news. You know, right. it's like all of the things that are happening in terms of police brutality right now. You got to go digging for them now, as opposed to beforehand. So I kind of feel like yes, the protests, you know, they were important, but they're acting like if I go look up the numbers now, the numbers are just as high as they were last year. So it's not like it's not happening. It's still happening. It's just not being talked about as much anymore because we're distracted by the protests to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm glad that it happened because it is highlighting something like that. But the deflection strategy, I feel like I feel like their megaphone is louder than ours. And 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 so people a lot of people get to hear about the BS, 
you know, the Tommy Lawrence, you know, the, the, the Sean Hannity's, all that crap that they're spewing, the Trumps, you right. know, and they, they hear that crap and they thinking, you know, flag, it's anthem. Nah, man, we just using that because that's, it's just a way to represent what, you know, how, how, you know, what we're trying to say. This country's not treating its citizens fairly. Right. You know, and then it's like, it's the vehicle, I, I, not the destination. Yeah, You're just told, using the flag as the vehicle. The destination is equality. So I feel we, like when we when it first jumped off with Cap, Cap kept it focused. Cap was like, "Oh no, no, no! We're talking about the disproportionate treatment of people of color in this country." Blah blah. He kept it focused. Like he would get in the camera and say that. We got players that are saying that, but they're right. not Cap. You know what I mean? I got they're you. Just not, they're not Cap. So what do you think about the? The Roger Goodell, the Doug Baldwin, they, they co-opted something. They sent it to Capitol Hill because that's what it boils down to. Like, if we can't get nothing done politically in terms of actually getting laws passed or, or changing some things and changing the dynamic, because, again, the realest thing I ever heard Hillary Clinton say was, at the end of the day, I can't really change hearts, but I can change legislation. And basically what she was talking about is racist. So if you can legislate out certain things, like at the end of the day, racist behavior starts to get punished then people may still be racist but they won't outwardly show it or do it so much yeah you see what i'm saying so my whole point is if they could legislate or get some things passed through legislation which i'm assuming that doug baldwin and you know roger goodell were trying to do i don't think that ever would have happened if if cap never took a knee or i don't think the leverage that the players now have seeing that Owners are starting to bend some they haven't broken yet. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking when I say going in the right direction, obviously I'm not saying that this is anything close to a Nat Turner rebellion. No. Or or anything close to you know when LG uh, LBJ signed the civil rights legislation. I'm not I'm not saying this. What I'm saying is in this day and age with actual zombies. I'm talking about the music we listen to and the drugs that these young kids are on. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, for there to be some progress that way, I, I think we're going in the right direction. We're not doing halfway, I mean, not even close to halfway enough, but I, I think it's going in the right direction. Okay. See? Got some differing opinions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do I believe it's think, distracted. I, I do yeah. believe it's, there's a lot of deflection. I just think that, you know, at this point, there are some things that would have never happened had he not taken that knee. That's all. Yeah. Jason? Progress, right direction. Not necessarily um, end goal. I'm, I'm, we're nowhere near that. I mean, I, I feel, I feel it's little progress. Only yeah, I'm with because that. the awareness is on a more grander scale now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. I mean, I just feel it's progress only because more eyes and more ears are listening. Whether it's you know. Whether what whichever side is telling the story or, or controlling the narrative on it, you know. So, but I feel like you have a lot more eyeballs and ears on the situation, and you know, we just have to wait and see if all of this turns into something positive. I think so. I, I think at some point, positive is going to be reform, not revolution, though. A lot of people want revolution, but it's it's going to be some type of reform. I, I think something's going to happen. I'm not sure what. Um, and, and I'm saying that merely because, like, when I watch shows and I listen to older white people say that they never had this conversation or never really thought about it. And I've seen Shannon Sharp challenge 
um, some sports analysts and I could see he's getting their brains to work in a different direction and to think about things they never thought about. It's becoming a situation where I think that, as you said, little progress, but progress has always been a slow process. So Yeah, slow progress is better than no progress. And, I mean, we can look at it for what it is. I Listen, I, I'm with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I'm not in the change of nobody's mind, whether it's, you know, whiteies or, or blackies or brownies or whomever. I mean, at the end of the this day, <laughs> it, it, it boils down to, like like I said, Hillary was like, and, and if that's what politics is for and legislation is for, let's make the laws equitable. What you do in your home is your business. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. Let's Let's get this crack cocaine. And cocaine laws somewhat sensible at some point. You 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 create a law where you know that the majority of the people doing the drugs are a certain ethnicity, so you give them more time. Like yeah. so, when people say that there is no institutional racism, that is just one example of many that we know. We can talk about so many redlining. We can talk right, about, right. Come on, man. Yeah, and, and 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 that's where the the the, the segregation begins and hasn't ended necessarily in terms of now we integrated into schools but yeah. how many people do you see living on 6th street that are of fair complexion and i'm not talking about red bone or yellow bone how many white people you know living in that part of a lot of there's yeah. a reason for that yeah yeah you're right a, a political and a legal and a, a, a government sponsored reason <laughs> behind that man we so. getting deep man we getting deep <laughs> So I mean, what we got, man? Do we, you know, we got anything on um on Justin Case or or not? Do I do I gotta play the theme music? What, 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 where we at right now? What's up, man? I'm good wherever y'all want to go. Uh, look so at look at look at this guy. I see it, right? I see it. got a little swag you know? in his step, you know? Yeah, a little bounce in his. I'm good, man. Whatever you want to go. I right, <laughs> let me find it for you real quick, in because I, I I'm tripping because I thought I had it ready, but um definitely didn't. Ja, what's what's up with um what's up with that Jaheen though? I haven't seen Buddy in a minute. I don't I don't know what's up. What's up with Tyrese? You saw that, right? Yo, Jason, you seen Tyrese, bro? No, I haven't, but yeah. I heard. Yeah, Tyrese Tyrese yeah. been acting a fool for a while, bro. Like him and the Rock been going at it. Now he he crying on you know. But I was telling. I mean, when it's your kids, though, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was, but I'm just saying, are you going to do that on social media, though? What, what's the purpose? I'm not saying you shouldn't be hurt. That, that, yeah. that, 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 I'm not saying. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's like that. He's been, been like that, though. All right, so we setting you up, dog. We setting you up. We already know how to, this is, this is a killer intro, though. Hey. Dum, dum, dum. Where? I feel like we're at Beyond Brunch right now. Ain't it all right? <laughs> Go ahead, bro. All right, here we go, just in case. So, you know, this segment is just in case you miss anything that might have gone down in the sports world over the last few days or whatnot. So I'm going to jump right into it. The 49ers, they actually made a trade for a quarterback. They picked up Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots for a second-round pick. You know, I thought the Patriots were going to hold on to him until it was uh, time for Brady to step out. (laughs) Night-night. But didn't seem like it happened. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Zach Miller, the tight end for the Bears, he suffered a gruesome knee injury Did you hear that word over gruesome? in the game. That's on. That's They're actually, you know, he had to have emergency surgery because they're they're more so concerned with trying to save his leg more than his career right now. So we could pretty much assume that his, his career is done. 
and right now they're just trying to save his leg. So it's um it's pretty crazy. That is that is heartbreaking. It is. It is. I mean, you know, you, you don't expect that kind of stuff to happen, but especially something so severe. Ooh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> All right, that was, it was gross. Yeah, it was gross. Mm. We're going Sorry. For, for new baseball fans, I mean, the World Series has been pretty good so far. It's tied 3-3. Game 7 is actually going on right now. Houston is up 5 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. Okay. So if Houston holds on, you know, they're going to take care of that uh, World Series. Shout out to so Houston. That's actually been and, pretty good. You know, they need that. You know, Hurricane Harvey, you know what I'm saying, J.J. Watt being hurt, you know. They need yeah, some. you know, it, it definitely, it definitely would be a feel-good story. So, you know, shout out to them if they can hold on for it. They're, uh, I guess, a little less than halfway there. So, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are on a four-game losing streak. I mean, they're. I know we're going to get so into happy it. To say this. Um, but defensively, they they've. The least amount of points they've given up in the six games or seven games they played is 97 points. So everybody's scoring on them like crazy. But we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, the worst news that I heard all week, the damn Dolphins. I got to say Let's the talk damn about these mullets. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to everybody from SoFlow listening. He Let's said, talk about these damn mullets. He said the damn, the damn Dolphins. I don't, I don't understand what they're doing because all these, all Dolphin fans know whoever's doing the picks struggles at making draft picks. Every once in a while they hit and, and they get lucky with it. So I don't understand why the Dolphins traded Jay Ajayi to the Eagles, who probably, they have the best record in the NFL right now, right? Right. To the Eagles for a fourth-round draft pick. Like, I don't understand how that even works out. A Pro Bowl running back who's in, who's young. You can't even say he's in his prime yet. He's still on a rookie contract. Still cheap. And you just traded him for a fourth-round draft pick. Anywho, I can't even. I can't even talk. Can, can, can I? About I, I you, you got any more? Just in case, because I really want to talk about why I have disdain for the Miami Dolphins. Is that right? Or you? Or you? Or you? Or you, or you, you got more to go. I got. I got. I got three more things. <laughs> All right, go ahead. We'll, we'll get into it. I'm gonna run through it real quick. Kelvin Benjamin, wide receiver for the Panthers, got traded as well. He got traded to the Bills for a third and a seventh round pick. Uh, Florida Gators fired Jim McElwain after a uh, good job, good job. Very uh, struggling start to the year. I mean, you know, he um, this is third year in. The first two years he won the SEC East, and then they got smashed by Alabama both times in the SEC championship. And you know, his, his defense has been saving him. The offense since he's been there has just been lackluster. So we'll see. Randy Shannon is the uh, interim head coach, so we'll see how. They look moving forward for the rest of the year. Um, last but not least, the first college rankings, play, uh, football rankings came out. And surprisingly, Georgia has the top spot over Alabama. And so they your top should. Five, your top five on the new um, rankings, you got Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Oklahoma, which I find is interesting. You have three of those teams that already have a loss and they're ahead of teams that are undefeated. But I leave it there. 
<laughs> and and I know I know you wanted to be specific and bring up the U, but you know you you were you're kind enough not to to bring up your home team. Talking about why they lost? No, they're undefeated. And yeah, and so that I, I know he was referring to the U. Yeah, they're ranked number ten, and I feel like I think Wisconsin is also undefeated, I believe, and they're yeah. ranked and they're ranked I think like seven or something like that. Like um, Ohio State is number six. Like they, there's a bunch of one loss teams ahead of undefeated teams still. Yeah, I think it's a matter of, of strength of schedule and, and how they look. But, you know, if you haven't lost a game, you haven't lost a game, especially if you're on a Power 5 conference. So I agree to some degree. So uh, you want to jump right into this uh, this NFL talk? And I guess I, I do want to piggyback off the, the disdain for the Miami Dolphins. Is that all right, gentlemen? Yeah. Okay, so this is the this is the exact reason why I do not like the Miami Dolphins. There are actually three reasons why. The first being my father. When I was a young pup, knee-high tall to a bullfrog, I was told that the Miami Dolphins weren't shh and weren't going to ever be shh. And their quarterback was Dan Marino, and that was all they would ever have and they all they ever would be. And that has been nothing but the truth. So, being that my father didn't like the Dolphins, I ended up not liking the Dolphins. Now, that's reason number one. Reason number two, the Miami Dolphins don't know how to have nice things. Anytime <laughs> they get a player that's not like a Bernie Parmalee or a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which type of players I don't like, when they get a player like Brandon Marshall, yeah. Reggie Bush, yeah. Ocho Cinco, you know, dominant. Even yeah, yeah, we've had some players. You know, when when they have some players, just something always seems to go wrong. And Jay Ajayi is just another case of that. Like, I just really don't understand why the Dolphins can't ever have nice things. And then, last but not least, is uh, old Stephen Ross and his true colors coming out just like <laughs> old Papa John's. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that he was co-opting this, this Jerry Jones policy, the fact that you acted like you was with us, then you was against us. Yeah. So those are the top three reasons why you should not like the Miami Dolphins. Because my daddy don't like them because they don't know how to have nice things and their owner is a racist. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start there. Jay Jay to the Eagles. Great pickup for the Eagles. Dolphins as usual. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I'm trying to think of like, you know, now, now that they got them, you know, I don't know how that's going to really play. I mean, they, they have a great duo now with him and Blunt. And it's just interesting because Blunt's having a great year, you know, phenomenal year. Yeah. And, um, and they was even talking about Trey Landry. I had to throw that in there. Like, what's Yeah. Like, that's Jesus. Really- Wow. It's, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Drugs. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, it the, is the coke, drugs. The coke goes up <laughs> yeah. very far. Yeah, wait, All the way up to the GM. Funny, it's funny. Like, you know, you say things as a joke and then you realize, wait a minute. like There may be some truth. You know, yeah. Man, so um, I just got a stupid text. Uh, you know, Thola just said, bro, I think Braun is missing Kyrie. Uh, we haven't even got there yet, Thola. Can you let us get there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so um, yeah, man, I don't know, man. They're, they're, 
the Dolphins are confusing, but I, I'd like to focus a little bit on a team that actually has a chance. <laughs> so, so let's let's not talk about them too much. No, okay, see, like, so let's talk about the Eagles. See, because now that they create, now that he comes in, I think one of the biggest things that helps because you brought it up uh, off the air regards to them losing Jason Peters. You know, having uh, Ajayi, who is I think he's like ranked like 19th right now in pass, uh, in, in, um, in you know in pass protection. It, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it, it, it is. You know, it that is. extra second might be all, you know, all a guy a like fumble. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Interception yeah, it's a big deal. Whereas in comparison, Smallwood was like 44th, and, and I think Blunt was like 38th in the league for pass protection. So this is a huge improvement in terms of, uh, you know, pass protecting back. And, and, you know, regardless of that, you know, just initial speed cuts, his shiftiness, he's, in a, he's been able to do a lot. With no blocking, so I it's going to be interesting to see how good of a running back he really is with with an actual O line that's going to get him some holes and get well, him. Well, he needed him. that actual O tackle for it to be an actual O line, Chris. Because y'all got a few other players, but don't act like y'all the Dallas Cowboys on that. I line. mean, we just played without them though. We oh, just played. Right. We enough. just played without them last yeah. week. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but the Eagles are real good at that too. Like right. when someone goes down, they, they got like <laughs> oh, they got, you know, they got they got somebody there. That's, hey. As Shannon Sharp said about the Patriots, mm-hmm. y'all are one play away from being the Green Bay Packers, which means is if Carson Wentz gets hurt, yeah. y'all in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> Listen, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, we're definitely in trouble. But Nick Foles is not a scrub either. Nick Foles is like that bum that got cleaned up one time yeah. and was like, damn, bro, you cleaned up nice. Yeah. But then he became a bum again because he just went back to his – you know, Nick Foles had like a record-breaking season. He was like 27 touchdowns yeah. and two picks. And then after that, what happened to Nick Foles? Yeah, he we went know, to another team. Like, did he we go know to another team? He and went to like... um, Los Angeles. It was trash. Yeah. Been around some other places, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, I'm telling you, he just cleaned up nice one time. He just put on a suit one day, and he was like, damn, you look you look nice, bro. But then he so kind of got like, back to his old like, ways. Um, that's like Brock Osweiler then. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. Nah, but Brock Osweiler really didn't clean up too nice. He kind of just put on like a polo. He ain't put on a whole suit because he kind of got on the Super Bowl team. <laughs> put on a polo. He ain't put on the whole suit <laughs> and put no moose in jail in his hair, bro. He kind of just like, oh my god, I thought you always wore shorts. And then you know Brock put on a polo. You know that was like him winning those two or three games. And then Peyton said, give me my job back. And then you know the rest is history. He gets nineteen million dollars. He goes to the Texans trash he goes to cleveland <laughs> trash now he's back to the broncos where he started out and he had to beat out two other trash quarterbacks so this just goes to show you that cap might have a point with this collusion thing because brock osweiler is about to start an nfl game again right isn't that amazing but yeah. let me let me ask this real quick so we're talking quarterbacks <clears throat> with garoppolo moving to the 49ers do you think it's going to be a Matt Castle situation? Because Matt Castle looked good for Tom Brady when he got hurt. But In then when system, he got yeah. that contract, he was trash. I think so Jimmy G got a little more than Matt Castle, though, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, no, I think Jimmy's decent. I think um, – but I, but I think he's, he's going to be tested. I mean, I we, we see what happens with the Niners, and we see how, you know, they can't really Jerry block Jerry Rice anybody. ain't there, nor is Terrell Owens, so we'll, we'll see what happens. 
I think oh, I think wow. Mike the I think Niners, Matt the Castle haven't won any games yet either. Yeah, I think Matt Castle had a few weapons, if I'm not mistaken, that year that Brady went down. I don't think Moss was there yet, but no. or maybe no, he was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean he had Wes Walker though. Yeah, definitely had the dump off pass. Yeah, so I mean I don't I don't even know right now one San Francisco forty nine wide receiver. Yeah, you do Pierre Garcon. Isn't he hurt? No, he played last week. Did he? Yeah. Okay. You know him? No, I do know. I just didn't know he, he yeah, was playing yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It's, on, it's like a new black hole, like Cleveland. That's it, though. But that's it, though. Like, yeah, because Torrey Smith say, is gone. Yeah, anybody else I say. Anquan like, Bolden is gone. We got Torrey Smith action. Uh, Jeremy Curley. I don't know if he's still over there. Like, I have no idea. All I know is Carlo Tide, and that's it. Yeah. They're not exactly fun to talk about. In my just in case, Josh Gordon being reinstated finally. Yeah. 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 I wonder, I wonder, like, do you think he. I don't know. Can he stay off the weed? I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you know what I do know, though, is you guys need to check out his piece um, that he did with the undefeated. It was, it was pretty good. It was good? Yeah, but you know, people can fool you, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have these heart-wrenching, heart-warming stories of redemption, and then people go back to the same bullshit. So I really don't know. But Josh Gordon is a pretty articulate, well-spoken, smart dude, like for real, for real. So it's kind of interesting to see that he's in this situation and he's been given this many chances. Like when Josh Gordon was in the league, do you realize like the things that he was doing, like back-to-back 200-yard games? Getting like twelve, thirteen hundred yards in like eleven games, like Josh Gordon was a monster. Like at that point in time, Josh Gordon might have been a top three receiver in the league when he was playing. He was good like that. I'm telling you, bro. Like, because yeah, I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown came on the scene really yet. Bro, Josh Gordon was a beast. Like this was, you know, Larry Fitzgerald was on the decline. Moss was on the decline. You know, like he said, Antonio hadn't really came on the scene. He was getting there. Julio really wasn't there. OBJ definitely wasn't here yet. You had Andre Johnson on the tail. And so he came in in a very interesting time. And I'm telling you, okay, if that might be the bright spot again in Cleveland because he was about the only bright spot. It was almost like the equivalent of DeAndre Hopkins when he had those four different quarterbacks thrown to him. In his first or his second year, and they still went to the playoffs. That's how good Josh Gordon was—a trash quarterback, but putting up historic numbers. Yeah. I think he's the only player in NFL history to have two back-to-back 200-yard uh, receiving games. I, I think that record belongs to him to this day. Really? We can we can we can we can get our research team on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dang! But I mean, I you know what's funny? It has to be something like that because. The the amount of attention this has been receiving to me has been extremely high. Like he, I've been hearing about this for years now. No, Josh Gordon is a monster, bro. And so it's like clearly he he's good he's good like that. But I mean he's still on the Browns. <laughs> Did you hear yeah. about that guy? You hear about that kid who who um who said that if the Browns get the number one pick, he's gonna stay in school? Nah. Yeah, I gotta find that. Yeah, I gotta. Find I mean, that. I feel like the Browns made some good moves this year. Miles Garrett and Joku. Jabril Peppers, which is like the modern day switchblade, he could do 
do it all, play mm-hmm. linebacker, mm-hmm. play safety, mm-hmm. return kicks. I mean, Cleveland made some really good picks. I don't know what Deshaun Kaiser is going to turn out to be. I really don't. But I, I would hope that he can get it together. He's no Deshaun Watson, which we need to talk about. We need to talk about Deshaun Watson and how I feel like Deshaun Watson is going to be this generation's warm moon. Oh, wow. He's he's nice. No. He's more than nice. He's exceptional. As a rookie, this is this is like unprecedented what he's doing. Oh, right absolutely. Now. He's on I'm, pace to do forty three touchdowns as a rookie. And as a rookie. And the in the, the record is twenty six. That's the record. Damn. As a rookie owned by Peyton Manning and one other black quarterback, Russell Wilson. Okay. Those are the two that have the rookie record. I think Deshaun is going to obliterate that record. He's gonna have at least thirty touchdowns. At least. Agree or disagree, Jason? Thirty touchdowns. Deshaun Watson. I agree. Chris? As long as, he, as long as he stays healthy, I agree. 30 touchdowns. That's like a Pro Bowl all-pro season, though. 30 no, touchdowns? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. How's his picks, though? His picks are looking not too nice. I mean, he had three in the last game. One was like a gimme pick at the end of the game. Got it. Um, But I don't think he's going to be like Eli Manning or Blake Bortles in that regard. <laughs> Guy <laughs> brought up Blake. Oh, which, oh my God! I think Jacksonville could be undefeated with a better quarterback. What? Like, that defense is so good. Like, yeah. I feel sorry for you know. I always want to root for Florida teams because I'm a Florida boy, but um, they need to get over Blake like quick, fast, in a hurry. Like, yeah, but no. Back to Deshaun though. Like, you're right. I do think it's. I think he's trying. I think he's running away with um, rookie of the year. Oh, now. that's not even. But a question. He, at first, it wasn't. At first, it was a question. Yeah, I mean, no, well, now let's not say running away because there's somebody that doesn't play his position that's balling too, and that's Kareem Hunt. Correct. So that's what I, I think I think both of them are still in the MVP hunt. The problem with Deshaun is the fact that his team is not winning, but he's in every game though. Yes. So to be in a game, like I said earlier, with Seattle the way that you were in that game, in an environment where over like the last close to 50 games they've only lost six. And they've had a legendary defense for at least the last four years, especially their secondary. And for you to go do what you did and handle your business like that, hats off to you, my brother. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because you just brought up Kareem Hunt. Who's your offensive NFL Rookie of the Year? Ask me in two weeks. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Chris, you you got an answer for that one? Offensively, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you, you know, part of me wants to say Deshaun, but Kareem is is balling, and he's not coughing the ball up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he did it last game, um, but Kareem had like the I think the rookie record for the most scrimmage yards, um, yeah. like a hundred yards from scrimmage in his first like seven or eight games. So I mean he's he's doing some unprecedented things as well, and he's a he's a big reason why his team is winning. winning. Well, well, obviously Deshaun is too because yeah. you know, but they wouldn't even I, be the, in the games that they are if it wasn't for what he was doing. Yeah, and I think that if JJ Watt wasn't hurt or, or Merciless was hurt, that de- and Brian Cushion wasn't suspended, like that defense would be a lot better. Absolutely, that that you know that's and, why and, I have a lot of respect Seattle for them wouldn't too. be putting up forty one points on the meeting. Not at all. Not with. Not if Watt was there, especially not if Watt or Kishu was there. Yeah. Definitely not. You know, it's funny because a lot of people kind of underestimated that. Like, 
Watt is transformative. He he's the type of player that screws up everything for he you. Does. Like he he's getting sacks, interceptions, you know. Batting pat. JJ yeah. Swat is his nickname. He's yeah, bat- like. So I mean, not having him on the field is um, a big deal. Huge deal. Huge deal. And they're still doing all right. So I don't know, man. Um, what else? What else happened? Did we talk about? What about going back to the Bob McNair statement? Do you think it is merely coincidental or do you think it was merely business that Dwayne Brown, the most vocal Texan, was traded to those Seahawks? The offensive tackle, which is a a Pro Bowl caliber tackle, and you just don't trade offensive tackles. That just really doesn't happen because they're few and far in between. Do you think because he was the most vocal, obviously Deshaun, not Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins was the most active by not practicing, but Dwayne Brown was the most vocal in terms of what Bob McNair said in terms of the inmates running the prison. Do you think that was a coincidence that he was traded or business reasons because they brought up the fact that he was holding out and the fact that they didn't want to pay him a certain amount of money? So I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know, man. The timing is just terrible, and I and I think that these days, I think we just gotta just call things what they are, and and, and I, you know, like I I've been more conflicted with this, you know, as of late because, you know, I like to I like to to know the facts, you know, I like to take yeah, my. You don't time. like to be intellectually lazy, you know, but but lately lately I kind of feel like you know if I was a gambling man, I could have won a lot of money. With a lot of the ways, the impulsiveness of, of society right now, like it just people, people, it, everything's about to get back. Everything's about to clap back, you know. So in a way, you're the most vocal. Next thing you know, you're shipped out. You're, you know, uh, like you said, you're, you're you're a position that doesn't really that doesn't really that, happen. That doesn't happen. So I think that I think it is what like I, I can't you know I, what off the there. top of my head. I can't even remember the last time. Now you see guards and centers, you see running backs, you see wide receivers, you see quarterbacks. You do not see offensive tackles get traded. Well, I mean, I'm talking about good ones. I'm, I'm talking about ones that have Pro Bowls on their resume. I cannot remember the last time. You that don't happened. think you don't think the Ajay trade was fishy too? I don't. But running backs get traded, so I'm that that didn't really jar me like that. I think it was a fishy trade. Like I for, think it was for, stupid. Fourth round pick. You, well, I mean, with the with the Ajay situation though. I think Adam Gates came out and said that, you know, he had been having issues with him. So it was kind of more behind the scenes. But what kind that, of issues? Are, but see, we're not talking about the same issues, though, to your point, Chris. No, I mean, we're, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, like. He, it, he but, wasn't saying nothing to Stephen Ross. He wasn't wearing another I'm, I am, I'm with Cap shirt, and okay. that was the issue. So, okay. But this was the issue. This is what made him so dynamic last year. If you remember or if you recall, in the first or the second game, they had Jay Ajayi inactive. Arian Foster was the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins. If if we're going to use our memories and they're going to serve us correctly, to our recollection, Arian Foster was the starting running back. And shout out to Arian Foster. That is a brilliant brother, by yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was the starting running back. Jay Ajayi was mad. And he was doing, I guess, probably some of the same things Adam Gaze is referring to. And he was left inactive. And when Arian Foster got hurt, Jay Ajayi came on the scene with a vengeance, I think with a point to prove. So I think there may be some credence to what Jason is saying about the problems that they've been having with Jay Ajayi because this is not necessarily something new. He was actually sat down 
and really put on the bench. You can't even suit up today, brother. Yeah. So I, I can I can go for those problems. But what I'm going to in terms of or what I'm trying to convey or get across here with the Dwayne Brown situation is not necessarily off the field issues or locker room or in terms of morale issues. I'm saying owner says something. You have an issue. Now you're going. Now you do have the argument that that's that man's business. Uh, you know, that best Bob McNair's prerogative to do so. But it's just a very, very interesting dynamic, my brother. Like if 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 yeah. if your organization is about winning and you now have a star quarterback in the making, you're going to want to protect him. Remember in the first episode or first or second episode, you know, one of you guys made the argument that the offensive line was the most important and i was asking who's more important the celebrity superstar or the security protecting the celebrity superstar you don't want to have like retired police officers that are in their 70s protecting floyd mayweather nah. or pro- you want to have somebody that's, that's, that's ready the, you know navy yeah. seals green beret <laughs> special ops secret service type yeah. And that's what you have in Dwayne Brown. There are only a few of them in the league. Yeah. Jason Peters being a little above Dwayne Brown's level, but I'm just saying, like, you don't get rid of top flight security. You know. When you have a precious asset to protect. Correct. And so I guess you let your ego or lack thereof or whatever the maybe, case. Maybe they're tanking the season. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that the Texans, you know, Shout out to them because they are fun to watch again. Yeah, they are. And, um, I like the Texans, actually. Yeah, no, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to watch. Um, but their owner definitely put his foot in his mouth. And, you know, he's going to rub people the wrong way. But, see, I see a lot of people saying some stupid stuff. Like, for example, um, Nick Young said, you know, they asked him a question. They asked him, like, how does he fit in with the Splash Brothers? And he said, you know, he's like, you know, I feel like I'm the brother who just got out the pen. <laughs> Like he's explaining the feeling. He's saying like it's like I it's like it's like I was with him before, then I wasn't, and now I'm here. And like they're treating me like you know I just got I just came home. Yeah. And 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 they saying like well what's the difference between him saying that versus what the Texans owner said? And that to me is what bothers me because there's a huge difference. It's not even remotely. It's not even remotely the same thing. He, right. First right, off, right. he's talking about himself. He's not talking about the people he employs. You know, he's not referring to them as inmates. He's talking about himself saying that, like, the love he's getting is like he just got out of jail or something. Right, because in our community, you get more love for coming out of jail than graduating college. Exactly. So he's giving you a perspective of his reality. That's all it was. It wasn't necessarily. And that's the same thing Bob McNair is doing, giving you a perspective of his reality. And his which reality is the is fact like, that I'm he's the owner. warden. Yeah, I know he's the and warden. You, and yeah, and you <laughs> I'm Warden Banks. McNair. <laughs> number 573767. Come yep. to the front. Correct. Yeah. That's all it is, really. And so I think I think it's just kind of stupid that, you know, you know, so sometimes we'd be asking ourselves, like, man, why why would this team do this? Or why, you know, the damn Dolphins, like he, like Jason was saying. But, I mean, they've been showing their ass. Jason, you should know. Like, we know now. We know that it might be it might be just these players getting a little bit too much lip, talking back too much, wanting too much, you know, freedom, mm-hmm. rights. 
you, you know, know? <laughs> <laughs> things like that you know hey, <laughs> you know what, what i will say is this though and i know jason you're not a fan and we'll get into it into a sec in a second in terms of not necessarily play on the court but i think lebron's legacy goes a lot further than just his play on the court i think lebron has created a culture where being that you are the labor labor you are the draw Get and squeeze as much as you can out of the situation. Get your leverage. Get your money. Start your brands. Mm-hmm. Become a global icon, not just a sports figure. And I think a lot of players, whether they deserve that or whether they can create that, rightfully or wrongfully so, are, are taking heed. And I think they're following LeBron's lead in terms of that. And so a lot of this, as you would say, Chris, lip. It's coming from this generation that feels as if, hey, if I'm bringing the people in the stands, or if I'm bringing the people out that's watching on TV, watching across the world, um, you know, I'm the one that they paying. I'm the one putting my body at risk. I need a little more, partner. That's it. And shout out to them. They're not lying. They're not wrong. It is what it is. So, I mean, I I just look at it like, you know, like you said, players like LeBron, player even even like Michael Bennett and all these guys, like you know, they're they're doing God's work, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you feel me? Like, like it is what it is, man. I'm looking hey, at what they're doing. LeBron they do. putting kids in school. You know what I mean? Like they're doing God's work, man. Just let them be, let them do them. And, and, and if you're trying to, but you know, that's disruptive work, though. It, it, even when you say doing God's work, that's yeah, that's, that's 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 pretty. No matter what your creed, color, yeah. uh, you know, religious stance or faith or you know ideology or theology like anytime you start to do things like that you know you start you call it a disruption bro that's it i mean you gotta ask yourself man, what side of history do these guys really want to be on it's like you know a lot of these owners they're tripping they really they're tripping they don't get but it they like, were they were on the side of history probably back in the day back, that they yeah. still you know haven't really figured it out like oh yeah you know we're probably wrong about that troublemaker um mlk or rosa parks or whatever you know yeah people don't understand man all you gotta do is by looking at sports all you gotta do is just pay attention and you can see the unraveling of of this nation i got a question that don't have nothing to do with sports but i just really want a quick answer and we don't have to uh go too far and i'm actually asked jimmy as well shout out to jimmy owner of your partner that's that's our peoples but um he over there whistling now like he ain't want that shout out. But anyway, this will tell me a lot about everybody in the building right now. Chris, who would you rather be? Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? Malcolm. I hear crickets. I hear crickets too. Yeah, Jimmy, who would you rather be? Malcolm. Uh, you hear me? No. You can hear me now? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. Who would I rather be? Yeah, Malcolm or Martin. Malcolm. Jason, who would you rather be? I'm not in the building. <laughs> Damn, that was a good one. That was a great answer. <laughs> that was a wonderful answer. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But since you're not in the building, but you're here in spirit because I'm sitting in your seat, who would you rather oh, be? That's, that's Malcolm like, or I'm like Barry White, huh? Oh, you get yeah. You see, you this, this hey, this boy got this mic with the killer EQ on it. Don't act like I don't know about. <laughs> you feel me? Audio engineering. <laughs> But go ahead. Who would you rather be, Malcolm or Martin? Martin. Okay. I'd rather be Malcolm. Uh-huh. So, I just want to know the answer to that question. Nah, I, I, yo, you, you, you done messed but, my head up now. But it, but uh, it gives you perspective on p- 
people. You wanna know why? You wanna know why I'd rather be Malcolm? Sure. Since we're going there, and I think Jimmy's is ready for this now. Jimmy, yeah, that got up. <laughs> let me tell you, part part of the reason why I said because you know you know it's not that I didn't agree with certain things that both of them said. Obviously, Mal, you know you're gonna disagree, and I know, just want to make I agree this, and disagree yeah. with you know a lot with a lot of. But Mark, I disagree know, Mark, with some of the things Cap does. But see, just because you agree with somebody, people will think correct. that you you're gonna go along with them because they'll do it. Like yeah. just because Trump says something, they're gonna go all the way in yeah. and ride. No, I'm not doing that. I'm a grown man. If Cap says some dumb shit, he says or does some dumb shit, I'm not fucking with it. Period. I, part of, you know this, this is this is a little dark. This is a little dark, but but I kind of feel like. The way if I'm Mark if I'm Malcolm, mm. the way I went out, at least I kind of saw it coming. Like I tried to stop it. Like I, you know what I mean. Like there was like a moment. Like there was a few seconds that were like like I kind of knew, yeah. and I could like it, it, I could like it, you know get to get get to peace in my mind. You know, yeah. Martin didn't have no chance, bro. Martin was just they just got him. And so you asked me that question, and I'm like, you know, we both fought for the for the same thing in different ways. Uh, you know, and, and you know, at least at least if I could choose how I'm gonna go out, if I have to be either or, I'm I'm gonna go out screaming, yo, get your hand out my pocket, fighting, <laughs> fighting. You understand, like fighting yeah, yeah. to the last second. Well, let's well, let, I don't I don't want to get you on the soapbox too long because I want to go to everybody. But what I do want to ask you is not about how they went out, but mm-hmm. how they went in or how they how lived. They, so, they, so so how, how when I listen to Malcolm, man, he just be saying, he <laughs> just be kicking that knowledge so hard. Like the knowledge he be kicking is just so hard. It's not that Martin did, Martin spoke to your soul. Martin know how to, you know, motivate you and, and, and galvanize you. But Martin used to say some real, you know, some real shit too. They don't really publicize the real shit Martin Luther King. They yeah, even watered down that, that's, the S version either. of him. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that Le- Malcolm was, was that all the time. Like Malcolm was, <laughs> the, the cool thing you like about Martin Luther King that you be like, yo, I mess with that. Malcolm was like that in his sleep. That was Malcolm. But he ain't, yeah. ain't you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not Muslim. Yeah, I, but okay. you know, I, know. I still would have. If I, you, you ask me a question, I get you know. No, I got you. <laughs> it is what it is. And you and, and he was changing his stance. Not that he he still wasn't dealing with Islam, but mm-hmm. he was he was dealing with a different brand. Yeah. As he got older, it, and really seeing what it was for what it was. But go ahead, Jimmy. Um, why why Malcolm for you, my brother? All right, I'm gonna explain. Um, Martin was a peaceful protester, right? Right. And which I thought was necessary was to necessary. show. For some things, you know, the what I mean? abuse, and he was needed for that. Right. And Malcolm was the extreme of that. He was the type that I'm going to get my guns and I'm going to go for you by all means necessary. Now, the beautiful thing about Malcolm is, after he took his trip to Mecca, he curved back into the middle, a beautiful medium. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, not too far to the extreme. So let me give you an example. So yeah. it would have been, it would have been. Martin to one side, uh-huh. the extreme part of the Black Panthers over here, exactly. and then Malcolm kind of sitting in the middle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because after he came back from Mecca, he was like, yo, I prayed with people of all flesh, all tongues, and they all showed me love. Right. After he had that type of mentality, that's when they start coming at him. Right, because yeah, now yeah. it was about the disruption that yes. he may cause within the negative aspects or the aspects of the nation that we probably don't necessarily need to associate ourselves with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a medium he came back to at his ending. So right. I think he came to a beautiful place in the center of both, and that's when he left out. So that's why we want to be Malcolm. Jason, why you want to be Mar? 
peaceful message, man. That's all. You know, the the message, and not to say that Malcolm's message wasn't there. It's just the peaceful nature of it. You know, it just shows that you can make a difference without the violence. Right. You know, and and that's that's you know that's kind of why I, I go that way. Cool, cool. Well, for me, I, I would I would like to say that I, I I wish that I could be somewhat of a hybrid of both. But in in saying that, I think the funny thing about this, if you understand their actual history and not the mainstream aspect of it, if if we were to put both of them in their beginning being on polar opposites, one being by any means necessary, and the other being about nonviolence, by the time they both died. They were coming towards each other. Yeah. yeah. Malcolm was getting a a bit tamer. Yes. And Ma- and Martin was getting a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. So if you read uh, Ma- uh Martin Luther King's autobiography, he starts to talk about certain things and and how now black people need to start getting their subsidies too. Um, he was about to start the poor people's campaign. That's what people really think got him killed. Mm-hmm. He said things like, "Um, I integrated my people into a burning house." Yep. In terms of a lot of time, he even thought himself that at some point he doubted integration. Like, damn, thinking back 40 years ago with Tulsa and Rosewood and these things, my people, even though we were dealing with Jim Crow, we're in a better situation now that we're in these schools with these individuals. And now they they really got a hold on us now. So I just think that um, if I could find a blend between both of them when they came to their conclusion because they were actually coming towards each other in terms of philosophy i think that would be a beautiful individual so martin x there it is, <laughs> there it is. and I you can throw, it. throw a little garvey in there too but <laughs> yeah. you know yeah but yeah yeah yeah. I, I don't know why i did that it just came to my mind um we can definitely get back to the sports but i definitely appreciate the owner of your part in chiming in as always thank you thank you thank you Thank you, thank you for for that that little segue you gave us just now, man. <laughs> nah, it was cool. It was cool. You know, let, I think we should wrap things up though with the uh, with the NBA a little bit. Touch on that. I mean, the season just started. Is right. it? Do we need to panic? If if I'm a, if you're a Cavs fan, do you need to be panicking, or is this a, a part of the the you know first year together situation that just comes in where you know, hey, you know, we got to figure, we got to learn how to play together. If this was Miami. Being that all three of those players were in their prime young, I would say give it some time. Because it's not Miami and we're talking about the oldest team in the NBA, I do have a little pause. I'm not I, I'm not having any cause for concern yet, but I'm pausing like, oh, I really thought this Cleveland team was going to be a lot better than they are. Whether it be one star down, two star, because they're so deep yeah, in terms of on paper. Yeah. Because that deepness is not showing. So okay. I'm thinking Jose on this team. I'm thinking Jose Calderon can get in there and make things look right. You got Dwayne Wade at your two. You got Amon Shumpert. You got J.R. Smith. Obviously, you have LeBron, who's instant chemistry. Obviously, you have Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and Jeff Green. You have all these players on this team. Jay Crowder. Jason, come on, stop it. Stop it, bro. Stop it with the foolishness already. Because you need to speak last on this subject. We're going to let you have a hot take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to let you do that, bro, because we know that you're about to come with brimstone in fire. Did you, did you say Kevin Love? He did, bro, 
And he still hasn't given me uh, five power fours. Oh, yeah, together, no, you know. He can, he can. <laughs> so it's cool. I'm 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 with you all the way, Jay, but all I'm saying is I'm 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 not hitting the panic button yet, but I'm putting my finger on it because you lose four straight games, not to the Spurs, Boston, OKC, and Golden State, but you lose to the Nets, the Knicks, the Pacers, and whomever else. I'm like, yo. And, uh, the Hornets. Wow. Wow. The Pacerless, I mean, the Paul George with Pacers. Pelicans. Was it the Pelicans? Yeah, man. They lose to the Hornets. They lost, they lost to Brooklyn, New Orleans, New York, and Indiana. Yeah, you said the Hornets. I said New Orleans. Did I say the Hornets? You said the Hornets. They were the Hornets. You're thinking about the Chris Paul. It's all right, Jason, because I, I know you want to jump in so bad. That's why you're messing up there. It's, it's okay. Let, let Chris have – give Chris 30 seconds, and then you can destroy LeBron all you want to. And oh, then man. in a few weeks, we're just going to let you know that, you know, LeBron can basically get a triple-double in, in his sleep, and there was nothing to be concerned about. So just give Chris 30 seconds, Jason. I, I know you're about to burn the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, um – is there? I think there is a little bit of cause for concern. I don't think it's crazy. They're gonna have to turn the ship around. There's gonna have to be a tremendous. You know, there's gonna have to be like a. They're gonna have to go on a run because right now at three and five, I think only like seven teams have ever come back in the history of the NBA from really? that deficit to come and win to to go to the finals. Not necessarily win to even go to the finals. So from from, from, from three, three and five, five? Mm-hmm. yeah, about seven okay. teams have done that ever. In the history of, of that's uh, very interesting. Where the hell did you find that? Yeah, I just you know I care about these guys. So <laughs> I pay attention to this, yeah, you know all I'm, this I'm ridiculousness. But I mean, they're they're just um, all right. I'm not here to make any excuses for them. They suck defensively, and it's not that they suck. I think it's more of like they they've switched the lineup so many times, mm-hmm. and everybody no one necessarily knows their real role. And I don't think the roles are defined. I think there's just I think there's so much talent. That there's an, there's a problem in regards to identity, right. and and I think that's very important for them to understand. And I think part of this, and <laughs> believe it or not, tell me if you tell me if y'all don't see this coming. If they keep losing, you know who's gonna lose their job? To Ron Lou. Oh yeah. Because if he doesn't find a way to somehow create the chemistry that we all see is obvious that these guys are veterans you brought up the oldest team in the nba they're veterans that means that you it's easy to teach them schemes it's easy to teach them you know placement on the court you got to create a balance and you got to know how they work as a team and put them in the right position so they can win but if you're just kind of letting these guys go out and ball and you know you're gonna get what what we got here where they're scoring, you know, damn near 100 points on them every game. Yeah, that's and, ridiculous. And it's like, listen, I get it. You know, you know, you got LeBron playing defense. You got Crowder. You got all these guys that are great defenders. That's fine. But basketball is a team defense, and you're playing professionals. When one person screws up on a defensive possession, that's all you need. That's all you need. And I'm not talking about one person screws up. That means somebody's going to make the shot. It could be one person screwing up on a, on the box out, creating an offensive rebound that leads to an easy shot. Right. It's like there's so many ways that you can screw up when you don't have the right schemes. And when I'm watching the Cleveland close team, out. yeah, when I'm watching the Cleveland team, I just see a bunch of guys who can ball that are trying to get buckets, trying to do highlight plays. Each time, each time they lost, 
they got some crazy highlights, bro. They did some stuff on the court that's out of control. The problem is that on the other side of the court, they let somebody else do the same type of stuff to them. Yeah. So until they get the until they figure their situation out defensively, this is going to be tough to watch. Straight up. I think that, and I've seen this a lot. In and I don't know if it's rubbed off on LeBron, mm-hmm. but Dwayne Wade used to be a hell of a defensive player. Dwayne, for some reason, I don't know what it is. When when I used to see it all the time, he'd get the ball stolen Bite from him. Tongue. And he would Bite quit. Huh? Bite your tongue. <laughs> Last week you were you were I'm talking about nailing him to the cross. But what I'm saying is this they get so lazy on defense, and that's been a habit of Dwayne Wade's for the longest, and now it is rubbed off on LeBron. A lot of times you'll see a blow by or somebody a blow by LeBron and you know they're not supposed to, and he'll just stand there. Wade used to do it all the time in Miami. I'd be like, bro, you have like the most blocked shots as, as a shooting guard in the history of the league. How did you just let that happen? And I'm, and this is rubbing off on the entire team at this point. And because it starts with LeBron <clears throat> and the rest of them aren't good defenders to begin with, except Crowder. Yeah. Well, it's just a terrible situation. Like Kevin Love's not a great defender. So did you just, did you just pretty much in a nutshell call Wade a cancer? Oh, what I what I called Wade was an influencer, and 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 that was in in a good and a bad way. You can't you have to take the good with the bad. Wade taught LeBron how to be a champion. So with that, he 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 took on, you know, some of the things that Wade began to do towards the end of his career, which was take plays off. And I seen it all the time. You would see like. Wade get the ball stolen from him and his whole body just do this thing. I wish I could show it to you. No, I get it. And 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 and, 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 and then on the other side of the court, he would be lackluster and lackadaisical. Not that he can't play D, but he just stopped playing D. And I see it in LeBron now. And now that he has teammates that are not even capable, so when they see the leader not playing D, and now D is at a premium because you can score so many points in this league because you can't touch anybody. It's a terrible situation for a team that doesn't have any chemistry and are down two point guards. They don't have an identity. You don't have any effort, which defense is all about. So you're in a damn conundrum. <laughs> look, I look at it like this. I feel, yeah, it's time to hit the panic button because you have a bunch of veterans so when I look at the makeup of their team, once they lost Kyrie, once they, once they once they traded Kyrie, that hurt them offensively. People talk about how Kyrie's defense is subpar. Okay, but he was scoring. He made up for what he didn't do. If you look at what's going on right now, the only way Cleveland will be will be. Um, back to where they want to be is if Kevin Trash puts back up numbers like he did when he was in Minnesota. Because right now, Wade is doing nothing for you. J.R. Smith is doing nothing for you. Tristan Thompson is doing nothing for you. So, you know, you were hoping that when Wade joined this team, he was also going to come with his 18, 19 points a game as well. That's what you were hoping for. He's not doing that. So because he's not doing that, 
it makes the loss of Kyrie Irving that much more magnified. Because look at Boston. Boston had a slip up the first two games. The first one, we all know what happened. Then the second one, I think it was them trying to find their, their zone. But now I think they've won five in a row or something like that. So you're starting to look and see like, okay, Kyrie really had a lot more impact on that team than a lot of people gave him credit for. Because a lot of people think when Isaiah Thomas comes back, that team is just automatically going to be, oh, they're going to be just like when they had Kyrie. No, they're not. Well, that's, that's, that, that's be, yet to be seen. But that, that's going to be the problem. They have to figure out what's going on now and, and nip it in the bud now. And and I agree. You know, LeBron is being influenced by Wade with the lackluster defense, this, that, and the other. But if LeBron want to walk around here and be the coach, manager, owner, and everything, then he needs to he needs to set the example. Like you can't be out here taking plays off and want to be the man. I'm and that's the that. problem. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's the problem when it comes down to it. So, you know, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, LeBron's going to get his numbers. LeBron is going to be LeBron. But LeBron is going to be LeBron on a Cavs team that he is going to pretty much, if they get anywhere, it's because of his will to get them there. Because Kevin Love isn't going to help him. Wade isn't going to help him. They're, 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 they're Can you just tell to me the... the... Bite my tongue about Wade. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me just kind of interject a little bit. Let me just. I I think this is really a coaching issue because, and, and you're gonna laugh when I say this. You're gonna laugh. Listen, you're gonna laugh. No, he's not the coach. Stop saying that. You're gonna laugh when I say this. You're gonna really laugh when I say this. But I, I'm only using it as an example because I feel like most people, especially people that are listening to this, can even relate to what I'm saying. Yo. If I pick the Cavs on 2K, right? When oh, as God. as listen, listen, as me, you know that's listen, Chris's barometer. No, no, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. As me being the coach, because I'm the one telling them what to do, right. whatever. I'm smashing people like like by 30, 40 even. But let me tell you, what am I? What's my point of bringing that up? Guys, they don't play smart. They just they just watch them. They don't really play smart offensively. They do they do some cool shit, but like overall defensively, they they're they're tremendously slow to the positions. They they jump far too much. They're trying to block every shot, and, and they it, it's just not they're not staying on their feet. You know what I mean? They're not doing right. what they're supposed to be doing defensively. So I think this all can be put on the coaching because. This is by far, regardless of age, these guys are not, they may not be in their prime, but these guys can all ball. The team is good. I'm not here to, because that, that's the, the first thing I want to do is make an excuse for the team, but that, I'm going to sound like an idiot. The team is good. The team is better than a lot of teams. They're not the Suns. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they got people. On, so On paper. Yeah, that's what I'm they're saying. They're pretty so the coach, close to Golden State. Yeah, they're a solid team, but... Without defensive, like without that sense of but defensive awareness, paper, yeah. Without without the defensive awareness, they're they're gonna get smacked. And and, and when <laughs> they play Golden State, it's gonna it's gonna be bad if they don't get that together. But that can that's something that can be adjusted. That's something that can you can get together. The at the, with with the players they have, that's something that can be fixed in house and can be well, changed. They gotta fix it. Yeah, they gotta. Fix it's a leaked pipe, and the house starting to get full. Yeah, but then again, they still they they're missing two stars. Who are they missing? 
Isaiah and Rose. Rose played tonight. Rose played tonight. Yeah, he played tonight. Oh, where? And, and and don't and don't don't talk bad about the Suns that have a better record than the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, <laughs> don't talk bad about the Suns. All right, well you pick the Suns, I'll pick Cleveland, and we'll play each other in two K. How about that? Hey, I say I say if what's if up with Eric Bledsoe though? If well, they're not going to play him until they move him. I think they're just going to let him sit on the bench until well, whenever. Go ahead and send him over to Cleveland since they want to. You know, look, but who? But they're not playing around so much. They want to shift and. No, Cleveland. Cleveland will have to send Kevin Trash over for Eric Bledsoe. No, that's this. This send the two point guards that we that ain't that ain't working right now. Just send Rose and It over there and give us Bledsoe and Josh Jackson, and we'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be all right. All right, huh? Cleveland fan now. But what I'm saying is I feel like if they continue on this downward spiral, now I don't mean like in the next five or so games. I'm talking about like if they're midway through the season and they're below 500, they're, they're below 500, I look to trade LeBron. What? Everything you've been saying been making sense, even though I may slightly disagree, bro. You just said, "Do what?" Yeah, he's one hundred. He's one hundred percent right. He's not gonna stay because he's not gonna stay. Yeah, yeah, because he's not gonna stay. So trade him, get something, and then let him do what he's gonna do anyways to the next team. Maybe you know what that was, Chris. That was like when I made that statement about the Seahawks. Maybe at first glance it didn't sound right, or at first listen it was like. Yeah, nigga done said the yeah, crazy now, thing. Now it makes perfect sense. Jason, you hit it on the head, bro. If they, if they, how if long they, you been sitting on that? That was a good one. <laughs> you, you've been marinating on that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Cause that's true. Cause if if they are under five hundred, there ain't no way this thing is. Bro, you get a whole. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. First, first of all, you gonna get a whole roster for LeBron though. <laughs> yeah. if, if, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> do you know what they traded for? Like Shaq back in the day. <laughs> Brian, was it, um, no, you got like Lamar, Lamar Odom, Odom, Grant, like Karan Butler. Brian, you got yeah, like, right. you got so many. So, but what I'm saying is like, even for Carmelo, they got like seven damn players. For Chris Paul just now, you got a bunch of damn, you got a haul. Yeah. yeah. Bro, who has what Cleveland would take for LeBron James, bro? Like, seriously, like, I'm, I'm not even being funny. It's almost like saying, Hey, um, the United States government want to buy Apple, but they ain't got enough cash on hand. <laughs> Apple got more money. Like you don't have the asset. Who has the assets, bro? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a lot of draft picks and Sixers? whatever. Like yeah. what <laughs> you think the Sixers? The, the Sixers might have it. The Sixers might have it. Now that you say that, because because you got to think, you got to have some serious assets, bro. Yeah, you got to give like two stars away. Two stars yeah. and like four picks, bro. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you, you you also got to look at it like this: that if that were to happen, whatever team gets him in a trade knows they are only going to be renting him for the remainder of the year, because unless it's the Lakers, if it's the Lakers, then I think they're in good shape. But see, I don't think that happens either, because then you bring him over there, and then you have to get rid of at least Ingram and Randall, if not Ball. Nah. 
They're not going to do nah, that. So then you can't. So, so they don't have. Because, again, it's because, the government going to Apple. You <laughs> don't have the assets. What I'm saying is, I think no, no, no. I'm saying that would be the only team that would make. I think the move to move pieces. But what pieces though, Jay? The Clippers. What pieces? I'm just trying to. You got you got the only team that has the pieces is the Sixers. What about the Clippers? You got Ben Simmons. You got is, does Okafor still play for the Sixers? He's trying to leave. They're trying, he, they're trying to move him. Right. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You got Okafor, Embiid, Simmons, and Fultz. Who's not? Who's done for the season? I think. Or. But I'm saying you have assets though. Yeah. Those are like premium assets. Like who has that amount of young talent? Talent. That has promise. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, With but, draft picks but, that are going to no, be high. But think about this right now. Philadelphia so far this year is doing better than they've done. I mean, granted, we're only. But they're like, still losing, but they're in game, though. Right. So you figure how long it took them for this youth movement to finally come together. There's no way they're just going to trade away all that they finally got. Yeah. Braun for maybe thirty games. They're not going to do it. So this, this is, and so now it goes back to the fact that they're who and how are they going to trade LeBron James? Nobody has the assets, and if it's not a particular team that LeBron would need to go to with the assets there in place, so they can win. Like, how does that even work? I mean, like you, I said, you see what I'm saying? It could be, it could end up being. Two players and then a truckload of draft picks for the next couple years. I mean, you, gotta, you never know. You got to give away like he got to go to he got to go to Boston, bro, or something like. Well, Boston already no, just gave up their about, pick. No, no, no. Think about it like this: they don't necessarily. It doesn't have to be a one for one trade. They could get other teams involved that it would it might make it work. You That's know, true. teams may get rid of expiring contracts to make a run. At free agents next year and have more cap room. No, he's so you're right. You, you, you're, you're right about that in the, in the sense for cap room. But my, I guess my point is like if LeBron does LeBron have the the Carmelo clause? I don't think so. No, because he wasn't. He hasn't been at Cleveland long enough. He's been only signing like one year deals. So he doesn't have a no trade clause. No, I don't believe so. Okay, so. We we need to we need to check that though. We need to we need to look into that. We could do a whole speaking, show on this. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of a no trade no clause, I was reading today that Steph Curry was denied a no trade clause in his new contract he had signed over the summer. Oh wow. <laughs> That's crazy. They they didn't they didn't want to be in the Carmelo situation in five years. Exactly. That's, That's exactly what it is. They don't want to be in that situation. Just in case things go sour. But my again, I think I think my point is, if I'm not making it, is the fact that if you take LeBron James off Cleveland's team, right? And let's say he doesn't have a no trade clause. He doesn't have a choice at this point, but I'm I'm thinking he has more of a choice. Nobody's gonna take on LeBron James and what he brings without knowing or at least having a chance of winning. But to win, you need players. But to get LeBron James, all you would now have is the barn with no damn farm animals because you would have to give away. 
that's the not, damn farm. <laughs> no, Brandon, Brandon, that's not true because Jason, this is not Boogie wait, Cousins, wait, hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you don't just. This is not Paul Gasol back in the day when they traded him for his brother oh. and some other foolishness. This is LeBron listen, James. Listen, listen. I'm listening, bro. Go ahead. All right. So all I'm saying is this: Cleveland could trade him to say, let's say Boston, since you had tossed out Boston earlier. Boston doesn't necessarily have to give up Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. They may be able to give up Marcus Smart to Phoenix, and in return, Phoenix sends over Eric Bledsoe, like Eric Bledsoe to Cleveland. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be where a team gives up everything to get LeBron. They may give up one or two players to another team. But the other team has the players that Cleveland may want. You're going to need more than one team involved in this trade. This can't be just two teams. For, for LeBron, if LeBron were to get traded, it's going to be multiple teams involved because his value is so high, like you said, they're going to need players. So it's going to be multiple teams involved in a trade where it's going to work out. And the team he goes to is going to be a team that's still going to have the core of players, they're still going to have their best players to compete and contend for a championship. That's what, that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying this, this sounds great. Gifted. This, this sounds really amazing. But all I'm telling you is I'm going to give you a really quick analogy. Let's just say me, you, and Chris are farmers. You have the wheat. Chris has the corn. I have the tobacco. Right? Uh-huh. Jason. If I'm the tobacco and that's what everybody really, really wants, bro, I need all your corn and I need all of Chris's wheat to get this tobacco, bro. And that's the case with LeBron James, bro. You are going to have to give away everything. If you look at precedent with players of this magnitude, Shaquille O'Neal, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, you're talking four and five players with draft picks. Now we're talking about somebody in a completely different. The only stratosphere that's there is people that never necessarily got traded. Well, what Chamberlain did, but it was a different situation. The only other person in that stratosphere is Michael Jordan. Do you know what you'd have to trade for Michael Jordan, bro? <laughs> So all I'm saying is it sound good and it sound like we could probably put it together on 2K. Matter of fact, Chris, tonight, go on, go on 2K, start a player and see if Cleveland accepts a trade of any sort. (laughs) I've tried all kinds of weird stuff, man. They, they, they they won't do it. It will. That's all I'm saying, Jay. You gotta give, you gotta (laughs) give so many players. I think with the Sixers, I'd probably have to give Simmons and Bead and like, and like Covington. And a, and a few picks, and I think I might be able to pull it off. I'm telling you, Jay, it's, it's, it's a lot, bro. <laughs> Anyways, all right. That listen. was great, yeah, by that the was, way. Yeah, that was good, man. That was good. Real good point. So, I mean, we're going to wrap things up. I know that what's today's date? Today we did this. We recorded this show on the 1st of November. Wake yeah. up, wake up, wake up. It's the 1st of the month. So, you know. You always kind of hit us with some great stuff. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but... uh Not their own set of facts. So, given that we did just talk about the Celtics, and interesting enough, back in the 50s, the Celtics, 50s and early 60s, the Celtics had one of the most 
prolific teams in team sport history with Bill Russell, Bob Cousy and the like. And because the team had, you know, some black players and Bill Russell was a guy, attendance was very, very low. It wasn't until the late 60s and 70s with John Havlicek and Dave Cowens that the Celtics became the Celtics. I want to give you that backstory to say that, did you know that the Jackie Robinson of the NBA was a guy by the name of Charles Cooper, and he was drafted by the Celtics in the second round, and he was the first player selected. So he was the first Negro player drafted into the NBA on this day. Wow. In 1950, two other players entered into the league at that same time, Nat Sweetwater Clifton and Earl Lloyd. But Chuck Cooper was actually the first NBA player drafted that was a black man back, back, back what would that be, 1950? That'd be 67 years ago. Interesting enough. That's pretty, that's pretty dope. Yeah. November 1st. November 1st. The significance to this. Absolutely. <laughs> and he doesn't get the credit that a Jackie Robinson. Nah, but. I guess Jackie I think, Robinson was a better player. Yeah, I think that's why. I think it was. Yeah, good. but I, I think it's always been a big deal. I think because he was the first two. That happened in 47. This happened in 1950. So he actually broke the color barrier for all sports in America. Got it. So, so maybe so, that's where the significant lies. Correct. It was like, yeah, you're right. That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> And and basketball wasn't as big as baseball. Baseball at the time, anyway. Yeah, yeah. it was America's pastime. So. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's our fact of the day, November 1st, 2017. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's been a beautiful show. We've talked Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Papa John, yeah. and the Miami Dolphins. This show is lit. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for, thank you. You just gave me the title for this show. <laughs> Man, we went, we was all over the place, but at the end beautiful. of the day, you know, hey, we did it together. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to everybody that's been listening. Shout out to all the people that support us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at EHO Podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Everybody Has an Opinion. And follow us on Facebook also at Everybody Has an Opinion. We want your feedback. We want to know what you think about the podcast. We want you to help it grow. You know what? Tune in every single week. Check us out. Make sure you subscribe on Block Talk Radio and on iTunes. And, uh, hey, we'll hear from you guys next time. All righty.